You are listening to the Mary Jane Society podcast, brought to you by Studio 420, a cannabis-friendly marketing agency. I'm your host, Pam Schmiel, marketing director for Studio 420. Today we meet Beer, a legacy grower in Thailand who is a leader and hero for cannabis farmers. When he became tired of the underground hustle and decided to become a monk, it wasn't long before the Minister of Health recruited him to help the government usher in the cannabis industry. He was given the authority to license farmers and train them in cultivating cannabis. Beers is on a mission to keep foreigners and illegal imports at bay until the Thai farmers can get a head start on the industry. We talk about how Thailand generates 80% of its cannabis revenue from tourists and what are the opportunities for foreigners to participate in the Thai cannabis industry. Let's meet Beer. Well, welcome. Nice to see you. Ah, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Well, I, I appreciate your time and I'm really excited to meet you and talk about what's going on over there in Thailand. And um, yeah, let's, let's get into it. Um, I would love to start with uh, Beer, your history of your background in cannabis, and then we'll go into where you are today and your journey getting into the legal market and all the stuff that you're doing there to to help. Well, it all started for me in 2007. Uh, that year was uh, Thailand got persecuted, so uh, everybody got arrested. Uh, a lot of people got taken out in the community. Uh, it rained for eight months nonstop. Back in the day, there wasn't wasn't any in Thailand uh, specifically. There was no indoor grow, so there was no. Uh, of course, I've been a smoker all my life, like since I was a kid. Uh, there's no quality cannabis in Thailand for about eight months. So it really spiraled me down to, hey, I gotta start growing. And then started growing. And then in in 2011, me and uh, my friend who is a grower, uh, I've decided that I really wanna do this. And then to start selling a lot of his grows and then become a household name for Kush. <laughs> <laughs> Since was, I, I mean, I yeah. have heard, I think you, you have a reputation as being, you know, I guess a leader in the community, but also as a grower quality cannabis. Is that, is that what you're saying? That you became household name kind of in, in that community? Yeah. And we help a lot of uh, patients. So, we, you know, we sponsor a lot of patients uh, with their sickness to relieve the pain over the years, so if we, that was basically maybe the inspiration on uh, many genetics that we try to do here and try to reduce pricing. So if we, in the future, once medication will be available, we'll be at a price point where people can afford it. Uh, and, and what happened with our government is our farm, uh, our first legal farm three years ago uh, we grow and we have to donate partial to the government and the government is our only customer. But what they did was they donated to the people for research purposes. 
So our government kind of did it for us, <laughs> which is which is it's never happened. This is amazing, right? So they <laughs> bought they they bought your product to put into research three years ago, basically for medical research. Yes, they 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 the government uh, licensed uh, sixteen uh, recipe for mm. cannabis medicine for traditional purposes. Yeah. But actually, they allow for four to do that officially. Okay. But other sixty, they still like do researching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it would be goes in uh, falls under Thai traditional medicine board. Yeah, yeah. Which the medicine would be given out to Thai traditional medicine doctor who have uh, who uh, who give also medical card to their patients, mm. so they are allowed to carry uh, cannabis extract. I mean, the government recently, I believe, this past summer. Uh, legalized for medical, but you're saying three years ago they were giving out licenses, uh, licenses to operate to cultivate. Uh, so, so really, that was happening three years ago. But it just officially much The road is much longer. The road is actually about seven years when uh, this government, which is uh, Punjab Day Party, Punan uh, become the Minister of Health. So we worked under the Minister of Health, and then. Uh, we start the guidelines for legalization, start the guidelines for medical research, Thai traditional medicine, and start giving out licenses for uh, experiments. And then and it led to this point. Like we were we started since the beginning of it. And then I was uh, the man who wrote the legislation with Dr. Marut Masiavanich and Kun Superchai Jaisimut for the the Superchai Jaisimut is the speaker of the house. Uh, and then that's what we work under the the which is the Minister of Health. So you've had your legal license for three years. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, how did you go from illegal to legal? I mean, you must have been kind of being undercover. How did they find you and start buying from you? Or I guess they easy to find you, but they accepted <laughs> said, we know you're not legal, or how did that work in, in that turn? Were well, you legal to legal? Yeah. I'm pretty fortunate to be growing up in a pretty conservative, maybe unfortunate, or fortunate. My family is pretty conservative, so we all work for the government. Uh, I've been always been the outcast, but I uh, always got busted with cannabis on family mm -hmm. trips with all these guys. And then one day, a board of the underground kind of legalized it. And then I left underground, <laughs> just try to legalize this and really push it. And then, you know, really talk to people, talk to the, this government and finding a solution. We go around the UN, if the UN allowed us, we've been waiting for the UN to allow us for many years. Um, that was the road. And then I don't know. I I love I love it much more than just it's not business for me anymore. It's fuck. It's personal. So once once it got really personal, I'm tired of doing the business. So I left underground. I went to became a monk. And by accidental, as a Buddhist monk, by accidental thing that I got introduced to many officials during my monkhood. So you stopped growing, stopped doing anything during the time you were a monk. Well, I left everything. You, you okay. can't own anything. Oh, you yeah. can't. Okay, right. 
you don't have any positions. <laughs> that's amazing. So then you met the government people in the government and that's how you started building that relationship and it took yes. you back. You went back. How long were you a monk for before this all happened? Not too long, just a couple months. Oh, and then somehow you just met these government officials who wanted to start this medical program and they brought you back in. And is this a family farm that you had on family property or was this uh, going with other our people? First, our original license is we didn't own it, the company didn't own it. The way to win this is to give the people licenses. So the government sent me to license one life, one farm, but I en ended up license 36 people. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that's how we do it. <laughs> uh, uh, we never own a license. Like our license were given to farmers. As you see on our website, we gave 12 licenses to each location. So 12 people own each farm and then and then all my investment, we gave them away when we came back to Bangkok and then just hope that they produce the quality that I, I lived there for a couple of years to teach them how to grow. And then hopefully they can produce the quality for us. Some do pass, some did not, you know, it's normal. It just, uh, it just, uh, what do you call it? Laws of nature, you know, people got to evolve. But wait, how did you get people licenses? You were given the authority to do that? I mean, or, or yes, to- I was sent by the Thai government to, uh, try and then with exercises licenses. The first licenses need to be signed by mayor. So I had to go and live there and convince the mayor to sign that licenses because everybody was afraid because cannabis was still drug then, schedule five drug. I mean um, the all these uh health uh like the the head of each district that does health department uh is afraid to put their name on it because they might lose their pension. Mm -hmm. I'm saying if government change, you know how that is, right? Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, so it, basically, I cannot say lobbying because in Thailand to be a lobbyist is illegal. I would say it's a government is a convincing job and explaining educational job. We did a lot of education, ed educating the locals, the mayor, because the first licenses had to be signed off by the mayor. It was not easy. The mayor it was not easy. <laughs> I mean, I was, no, his hand was tied. He wouldn't sign it. His hand was tied. <laughs> like you said, otherwise the repercussions that he might have if he yeah, did. But this is the military government. So we had the military assistance <laughs> in certain, 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 certain things I cannot accomplish. <laughs> right, right, right. So they basically came to you and said, who are the growers that will be good for this program? We want you to bring them in, get them licensed, work with the mayors in the different uh, communities so that yeah. was kind of your job to do that's a yeah, big but we didn't problem. take the growers we didn't we just took normal farmers that were experiencing problem like tobacco farming that is dying tobacco industry we were we're trying to do is just fix local economics you know just uh, something really simple and then you trained went in and trained them on how to how to cultivate cannabis and and, and put in all the different systems that they need to do that's huge yeah, but but because all mm -hmm. cannabis was never was wasn't illegal back in the day, so there's still some older generation that was there growing the Thai sticks and still know some older knowledges of how to cure it, how to harvest it, season was right. But you know, of course, they're already old now, and then and then more like elders. 
Well, right. So are, are they part of the community and educating people? Are they getting involved today or are, are they just not participating in any way? Not growing, but just sharing their knowledge and being part of the community. Yeah, the, the, the tobacco farm we went to have them grow for us, for the Thai Loy company that sold our Thai outdoor products. The, 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 the farmer there has grown cannabis back in a day when he was younger, but, uh, you know, Today it's haven't awesome. seen it in a long time, something yeah. like that. So, so that's a great segue into the land race strains of Thailand. And I've read or heard that a lot of those land race strains are, have disappeared and have they disappeared? Are you trying to revive them? Are you even working on that now? You have a lot to do just trying to get this whole, uh, get everybody on board. But what about those land race strains? Uh, on the ground, there's a lot of breeders who have been, we know each other for a long time. So each of us, each shape our own region. So we all have our own languages to compete with each other. It haven't been lost, but it had to be shared, that's all. And, uh, <laughs> um, it hasn't been shared yet. <laughs> yeah. Have like you seen that uh, Arjun just posted my new take on a Tystick 2.0, where I took the old centimeter that was the, the Laughing Buddha mixed with Afghan Kush and some Thai hemp land race from the 60s. It was an old seed I had uh, from the Thai sticks. And I breed it with the freak show to breed it back for uh, strong purpose. So strong purposes so it can survive well. And then it came out to be like the old sensimura with like a stick. And then I gave that to Arjun. Arjun was probably the first guy who get to smoke it. Who's Arjun? Arjun, the strain hunter, the strain hunter, they do a dispensary, they do dispensary in Amsterdam. They travel around the world, yeah. finding genetics. They went to Congo, finding the CBG. Yeah. Uh, they went to, they went to Jamaica, Jamaica. Yeah. I think around the world. Around the world. Yeah. They just came to us and I gave them what they're looking for. They came here looking for the Thai stick and I gave them exactly what he needed. Wow. That's amazing. So maybe in the future, these are, are these the kind of things that you're kind of developing? So when the country yes. gets ready to go, you have this product that you're going to be selling? Yes, we're working a lot of haze, a lot of something that Asian style, because, you know, we've seen a lot of import strain. We're growing import strain for a long time. There's been a lot of gelato, runs and cookies. But uh, of course, people miss the old school thing. You want to come to Thailand and want to experience something Thai. So we're trying to put a twist onto it, make it modernize it, make it better quality, uh, and then just have people that have that experience of visiting Thailand and getting yeah. that nostalgia back with what it, better experience. What what is what is the what is the Thai stick? What what does that mean? What is the Thai stick for people who don't know who didn't grow up in that? A lot of young people, for sure. This Thai stick was. As I told you, it was a mix, uh, actually, because Thai genetics, we only had hemp back in the day. So it was a mix of Afghan Kush and then some Laughing Buddha. And then it become this uh, outdoor sativa that has a shape of a stick when, you know, the flower is really long. Uh, back in the day, it used to be a foxtail. And then it become a stick because 
we put a knot and we put a rope around it. But uh, what I'm doing now is I'm souping it up so it's not a foxtail, it's a butt, but in that shape because it's been a little bit hybrid, a little bit better taste. And then let's do have what people are looking for, which is that earth and fruity, you know, that lemon taste. The hazy is- The real lemon taste. Yeah, the haze is, for me, when I look at the haze is to have that dang, that bad smell, that rotten smell. And then that's the old school smell and then something like that, you know, not, not candy. Like, like cannabis is like food, I guess. I don't know. The, people, the trend now is much, a lot of candy. I see a lot of candy in the US and, you know, but for Asia, people want, they want different tastes sometimes. You know, people are here from the US too, but they want to taste the Asian taste. So we're just trying to bring the, the Asian delight to them. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, obviously, if there's the, the reputation in Thailand um, goes way back. Um, but here in the United States, you know, the big thing uh, is about the terpenes and the, you know, um, and all the cannabinoids in there. But anyway, but, but the big thing is about the terpenes and how that can affect your high and things like that. Is that a thing there? And do you, is that something that you concentrate on? It's all in the terpenes. Yeah. That's why I do organic. If you put chemical in it, the terp is gone. Mm -hmm. The best herb you get is from no-till, at least for me. Okay. What, did you, what did you say? The best terpene is from what? No-till <laughs> is mean full organic, no chemical. No chemical. Uh, okay, okay. I, I've never heard that, that that preserves the terpenes, but that makes sense that the... Yeah. Um, so what are some of the challenges uh, that the farmers are facing today trying to get legal? Uh, they're competing with a lot of import because a lot of people are not playing straight and are not, you can see 80% of dispensary are not doing it right and selling all those light depth Cali import. And that's why we're winning and we're gonna keep winning if they don't play, the, play it right. We play by the rules. And we do it right, you know. PGR, you know, it's it's much deeper than that. That they see is a just a tip of the iceberg, you know. What's PGR? Um, chemicals in growing. Um, oh, like yeah. So so a lot of so you own a dispensary, one dispensary. So you have a yes. farm, a farm, and a dispensary in Bangkok. Mm -hmm. okay. All I need is one to beat everybody. <laughs> Okay. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm dying to come to Thailand, to Bangkok. I'm really I've just had it on my bucket list for years. So, so a lot of the dispensaries in Thailand are importing from the United States or elsewhere, uh, just because they're probably used to it and you haven't really brought the Thai. Yeah. They can enforce the Thai growers and it's still illegal. I don't know why they're doing it. It's just like a, just slapping the face to our growers and our farmer, you know, for me, because it, it took me a year to legalize it for people. So, right. So we made into a trend that you so import your lane. So it became a really big trend. And we start work, we start raiding on the shops too. <laughs> uh, but because I work for the government, I kept, kept a really nice list of who's doing something wrong. <laughs> and then, uh -huh because I only support my local farmer. That's why I create the local growers club on the second floor. Gotta give us a chance.
at least give it a head start. In five years, you can import it. Trust me, the law will come. You'll be able to import. I will allow it the next five years. But just let us tie people, agent people, improve. Let's get a grip. You know what I mean? Give us a second chance. Like with your welfare over there in the US, you have so much shit better than us, but you got to give us pharma a second chance. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I know that foreigners will, you know, at least in the United States, really like uh, the different products like the candies, the tinctures, the edibles, all those kind of things, you know, different alternatives to smoking. I mean, I know that you'll want to produce these kind of things because of all the tourists coming, but do you think that the Thai people, is this something that the the locals are starting to uh, produce right now or think about? They think about, you know, they don't know how to acquire license because you got to go through a, a certain doors, but I, I know how to do it. You know, I just explained to a prior meeting just how they want to do edibles, which is, this is, it is possible. It is, but uh, by now the extract's legal. They had to go through many hoops uh, to get, get this license right. But it is possible to put these candies, uh, to have an FDA licenses for all these products. Uh, people just don't understand. The law allows for them to do it. And that's why we try to do one product as a guideline for other people to follow us. As usual, we always do the first one. Everyone needs to do everything. But uh, but uh, with our problem now is 80% of our users are tourists. So the Thai people haven't come back to use cannabis as much because the new generation doesn't smoke anymore. You know, that's why tobacco is a dying industry, uh, as I told you. Uh, uh, nobody's <laughs> it's a teenager it doesn't really destroy their health like uh, old guys like me anymore. So <laughs> they don't. Uh, so you're uh, saying the, the younger generation doesn't smoke cannabis? They just they, they want edibles, but they haven't been a legal market for it. Uh, so that's a problem in the future. There's so many shop opening, but once it low season tourism is not high, it can be a problem to increase Thai user is we, we got to get all these edible product legally in certain stores. And then that's what we're trying to do to create a wave and fix this problem for the future to come. Right. Okay. So, yeah. And then, you know, the big thing here also is like infused uh, dinners. People are doing a lot of stuff going on that I, yeah, that could be the future of Thailand and tourism and uh, spas and all that kind of stuff. So, so basically you're just, you're for you, for your store, you're, you're kind of concentrating on the genetics and coming up with like the super Thai stick or the, you know, things like that, that'll really speak to the cultivation. That, that we have in our shop too, you know, our certain genetics that our growers grow for us, like the Super Saiyan 7, you know, we got the name from Dragon Ball, of course it's a Japanese cartoon. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Emergency, Sticky Jasmine, Jasmine. <laughs> and And now that and now that you're kind of you're working for the government and helping, which is so fantastic that they brought you in, is do you what what are you hearing as far as foreigners knocking on the door? How are they trying to make the inroad in? Well, with our law, you had to be fifty one percent Thai partners to do a company here. So, one thing they got to understand that they have to have a fifty one percent Thai partner to do uh, these certain companies here. 
and there are there are there are roadmaps for each people to invest even in special economic zones where there are tax exemption for import and export. Uh, so Thailand is welcome. It's a welcoming country. <laughs> I think we are ready for investment. Are you interested personally in in partnering and with an outside uh, outside uh, investors or somebody trying to come in and open dispensaries as being that fifty one percent? Would you find that useful to you? I've never attached my name with other people that open dispensaries. They just buy the product for me because it's all about trust for me, and then uh, we've never taken any investor in our companies. Uh, there's a lot of people they say they own the company or invest in our company, but we've never taken a single investor. I still own the company. Like, there's, it's still a family. It's a still mom and pop business, and we love this style. Uh, we're investing in other, other, other venues, other ventures. That, what, what, do you, what are you investing in? Uh, we patent over 42 patent of grow technology. So we, we've, uh, we've patented a lot of our grow tech. Oh, so yeah. That was my other question, actually. So you've patented in Thailand some of your grow technology. Globally, forty-two patent. Globally, wow, that's amazing. So it's an international patent. Yes. Oh my God, forty-two. Yeah, we sold certain patent to a large company, but I cannot say. But uh... ah, so people are coming to your expertise and growing as well. I'm sure. But not for cannabis. It's a, a do other thing. I grow everything. Oh, so it's not for cannabis. Is it? Is it actually machine technology that you have the patents on? Something like the... that. Some design technology, some fertilizer uh, compound, or or a certain way of uh, tending. What is the next steps in Thailand? You got you know Thailand moving forward. I know you're only medical now, strictly can only say medical, but to move forward and testing labs, you know, safety, because that's going to be a big issue with foreigners coming through Well, testing for molds and things like that on the flower. But when you get into making actual CPG products, you know, when do you see that really happening? Um, the industry has already laid out since before this legalization for those extract certain certain uh, isolated products has been laid out uh, for prior legalization. We're heading there. You're heading there. So you're saying that because obviously to, to, to produce these products, you need some sort of extraction uh, companies to come through. So you're saying that people of Thailand are not really prepared for the bringing in the machines in the extraction process that that might be when the foreigners come in to help. Oh, already here. They're already, already here. here. Ah. Already here. The okay. foreigner, the companies, every everybody's here for since the obvious because they were laying the platform for CBD before TAC. We, we didn't legalize it for years. So they were already here laying out their companies, laying laying all the roadmaps out to create CBD products for exportation. Ah, okay. And how how do people in Thailand accept CBD? Is that even a thing there? I think more in the the sport player side. Yeah, more, yeah. More on the, uh, we have like athlete coming in, like we have like MMA fighter, baller, you know, smoking those CBDs for their mm. muscle ache, but mostly a foreigner too. The tie is still very new. 
to be honest it's very neat so so basically they're just doing that to get their foot in the door get the machines going sell cbd but they're really going after the thc extractions to be honest i think cbd is for them they're, they're going to export it too so they're trying to use uh, thailand labor to do to produce that with the thc it is a plus lately that we're allowing but with the extraction we're not allowing it yet and it's not easy because you need a three-year research on 100,000 patients with a, with a university that had medicinal faculty to prove your uh, medicine and put it in you know, the system. Uh, so basically, these companies who are already there with these mach extraction machines have to go through a three-year process of clinical trials before they can get a license. Have they started? For THC. Yes, for THC. Yeah. So are they are they doing that now? Are they in the process of these uh, clinical trials, trying to get these licenses, or not even started that? Quite many, but mostly, most quite many, but mostly a large company who can afford that. You know, mom and pop shop like us cannot afford it. Uh, you know, yeah. but there's a way to do it too. But, uh, there's okay. a story, another story for another day. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother. There's a way to do it too. Yeah. So what, what is your day to, then we'll end with this. What is your day-to-day -day like or your week? Cause I mean, you are doing a lot, not just running your store and your farm, but you're helping, you know, you're helping usher this into Thailand. It's a huge deal. Well, um, with the new, in, by February, this, this new, new election, I'm leaving the company uh, to join it fully. So I'm leaving the business side. I would like to join uh, the Minister of Agriculture in doing something that is uh, controlling on this and helping usher into the right direction. So I'm ready to leave office behind. So are you going to, so you're going to have someone else run your dispensary? Are you going to keep the farm or are you going to give, let someone yeah. run your whole business? I have my, my friend, my crew to do it anyway. Yeah. Maybe yeah. my wife is in it. I don't have any say anyway. In Asia, you lose to your wife anyway. Probably in America too. But you always lose your, you never win. If you shit. Yeah. Oh my God. So you're going to give this up and you're going to go full force into the, with politics. the Minister of Politics and really help move this forward. That's amazing. I want to secure this. So that's uh, probably the last sacrificial lamb, I guess. We've sacrificed a lot of, uh, a lot of our activists over the years and uh, they die from cancer and we fought until they're fucking old and die you know and what what is your job going to be specifically like, okay. uh, my job now is if i go back again if it's the same government it's going to be the same job i'm trying to acquire a different job i want more control i want more control in agriculture um, i'm working for a health department fda but i want to work in agriculture specifically you know, not just improving cannabis, but food in general and the way we produce our food. We deserve a better quality of life. Yeah. But also, there's a lot to do with with navigating, um, you know, bringing cannabis into the economy. The Thai Traditional Medicine Board has made 30 million US dollars, I think, in the past six months in fees. There's a lot to do. You've got to get the testing down to protect the tourists. There's a lot to do. You have a lot to do. Yeah, there's, there's, 
it was a whole whole bunch of work I had, I guess, for the next year. Mm. Uh, but mainly right now, just holding the fort and not letting the law reverse back. So you don't think the current Minister of Health is in danger of not winning this next election? He legalized cannabis. He can't lose. He can't lose, I, mean, I know. I mean, he can't lose. I'm not going to let him lose. It's, it's a good thing for the farmers, I think, to have you in there protecting them and, and moving it forward because you really know what it means. Yeah. I really applaud you. Friends in the U.S., for sure. They'll be watching. <laughs> they probably Thank hate me you. right now. <laughs> but uh, last time I went to the U.S., I got second screen. They say, what you doing here in the U.S.? I'm taking the best out of your country and never come back again. <laughs> 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 well, they, probably they probably they probably aren't happy with you since you're stopping any sort of imports coming into the country <laughs> that's okay there will be a place for them later once like you said once your farmers get on their feet get the get the head start then we'll bring everybody else in yeah mm. we'll, we'll get a lawn regulation down for importing definitely it'll come mm. it's already in the road yeah Okay. Well, keep up the good work, both of you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.